Welcome to the Seattle Public Library's podcasts of author readings and library events. Library podcasts are brought to you by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation. To learn more about our programs and podcasts, visit our website at www.spl.org. To learn how you can help the Library Foundation support the Seattle Public Library, go to foundation.spl.org. Welcome to Seattle Public Library and Claudia Castro Lunas reading of This City. Congratulations to Claudia. Yes. On the publication of This City. Claudia is a writer of poetry and nonfiction. She is a King County Four Culture grant recipient a 2014 Jack Straw Fellow, and a Vona alumna. As Seattle's first civic poet, she is also the Seattle Public Library's first poet in residence. She's been doing an excellent job, an excellent job leading month-long interactive poet, poetic explorations inspired by the everyday life of a neighborhood in libraries across the city through the Poet is In project. Mark your calendar. Claudia will be doing the Poet is In in the Central Library in January and February of 2017. Hope to see you here. The poems in this city have been described as a precise and eloquent study of people and things that often remain unexamined and brushed aside in the urban core. She explores how everyday language fuels both spaces of alienation and belonging and writes about the way memory anchors us in place, how it provides us, each of us, with an individual roadmap to the city we inhabit. Are you ready to travel? Let's welcome Claudia and this city. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here today. Carlera, thank you so much for all the work that it has taken to put the reading on. Carlera is my point person at the library. I work very closely with uh, the public library, and she's the person who helps me organize everything that I have been doing with the, with the public, uh, with the branches all over the city. So thank you so much, Carlera. Thank you also to... Uh, Valerie Garrett-Turner, who's not here, but who has been key in coming up with the idea of linking the position of the civic poet, which is the city position, with our public library. And to Davida Ingram, who also does a lot of the public programming for the city and with whom I've collaborated in various efforts. And I would like to thank all of the librarians throughout the city the Southwest Branch librarians, the Lake City librarians, the South Park, Douglas Truth, High Point, Capitol Hill, and university branches with whom I've collaborated in bringing writing and in particular poetry to our various locations throughout Seattle. I also wanted to thank my friend and husband, Sean Heron, who is sitting with the books over there for his unwavering support in my journey as a writer. Sean is my number one fan and supporter 
and thank you so much for all your work. Uh, we have three kids together, so this position has required a lot of me to be outside and about in the city, and Sean has definitely, I could not do it without his help and support. And I want to also thank my friend Karen Ransom, who flew up from Oakland to be here today and is returning after the reading. So thank you, Karen, for that effort. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you to all of you. There are several of you who actually have come and written with me in the, at the various Poet is In writing workshops that I've done. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I can't wait for April 9th when all of us will, that is for National Poetry Month, and I'll do a reading at the main, in the main hall downstairs, and I have invited all of the folks who have come and written poems with me through the Poet is In program to come and recite poems about our city on that occasion. So I look forward to seeing you, many of you then. So this, uh, this book is, has been long in the making, as all books are. Uh, <laughs> Wendy laughs. <laughs> uh, and it started as an effort on my part to capture little snippets of city life. And originally my, my idea was to do postcards. I thought I will do postcards of the city and these postcards will be completely objective. You know, like the postcards we buy of Seattle or the waterfront and they will be these neat little things. And I started writing these postcards and very soon realized that this was a losing effort on my part because <laughs> um, there is no such thing as objectivity when you're writing. It is an entirely subjective endeavor. And I was aiming the camera, and I was taking down the notes, and I was writing down the end product, and I thought, this is not... It took me a while to arrive at that and to realize this is really my version of things. I'm capturing what interests me. And in fact, the more I wrote, I realized that I was not only seeking objective truth, but I was trying to capture evidence of my subjectivity in the things I saw in the city. So I was actually trying to see what reflected me in the spaces in which I live, which was very different than the original intent of the book. So the, the cover, which I love, Floating Bridge Press hired an artist to do the cover, and I really think he captured the essence of the book because, in fact, the poems in here are my geography. I believe that all of us have a geography of our own that we carry. The Seattle that I carry in me is different than the Seattle that Bob has in him or that Catalina has in her. We all, the, the city I was looking for, the map I was trying to come up with was the map that I had already in the palm of my hand. And so I, I think it's so appropriate, um, the picture and, and the cover of the book. And for more... Uh, furthermore, the city that we live in is really a city made up of memories because the memories of incidents that have happened to us is what actually gives resonance to the place in which we live. And it could be that the resonance comes from having traveled in Europe and you suddenly see something like Lincoln Park often reminds me of Germany. I lived in Germany for a few years and when I'm walking there, sometimes I have this sensations of walking through forests in Germany or through parks. And so it is a constant moving attachment of memories that swirl through us that then gives meaning to the place that we are, that we inhabit. And so this book is about Seattle and it begins with Seattle and it ends with Seattle, but it's about the many other places in which I have lived and that I carry within me. So I'll start with uh, Trace and Anchor. 
and actually let me I have a, a list of the poems I have selected so so trace and anchor this is to tell you about the city that inhabits me and that I inhabit I long to take you to the beauty and generosity of its people tell you how I came to call it home Instead, my hand traces elsewhere. The city is all of it, particular and general at once. Capture one detail, leave a thousand out, mountain and grain, trash and lush. My city is breath, is gut, my pumping heart. There are sisters here carving their names from sullen rock and children whose backs grow wings that never lift. Map maker, I am to this place, my small hand charting, shifting routes, word letting on blank pages. This next poem sounds very surreal, but I assure you this is a true event. This actually happened to me, even though as I will read, you will see that it has a very surreal um, sort of overtones to it. And it's titled Autoimmune Disorder. Once upon a time, a newly elected mayor made a poetic appeal. This lyrical act, he insisted, would help restore balance and unite the fragmented city. Many responded, touched by the possibilities implicit in the request. One fine morning, we gathered at the accorded time around the blue eye that is the city's epicenter. There were all types there. Young ones, tall ones, fat ones, short ones, there were thin ones, feeble ones, fit ones, some who could not walk, some who wore helmets, and others who beamed in spandex. We lined the lake's borders ready to clasp hands on command. The vibrations from the healing circle were to reach each nerve, each street across town, and zap violence, our indefatigable pest. The whistle rang, and all hands reached for connection. But the broken chain reflected on the surface of the watery eye told us all we needed to know. We should have known. We have known. We each went back to our familiar corners and lugged our respective dictionaries around our necks. And I often think when I think about cities, I, I studied and actually I met my husband, Sean, in graduate school when we were both studying urban planning. So urban environments call to me. I'm drawn constantly to analyzing and thinking about cities and just the movement and the energy of cities is very appealing to me. And in writing this book, I, I was thinking about the way in which spaces get labeled you know, this place is dangerous, or this place is hip, this place is this, this place is that. And a lot of times we talk about places without ever having been there. It's just kind of word of mouth that it goes around and we just determine where we want to go, where we don't go. And I think very much of how, I mean, especially for us in Seattle with all the construction that is going on, one way of constructing space is actually build things, like it's happening all over our neighborhoods. But the other place is a little bit more um, maybe quiet or not so obvious. And that is the way we construct space through language. And I think that we are all active builders of the spaces we live in by the way we refer to the, to, you know, the, the city or just the areas in which we live. So this next poem gets to that point, and it's called Self-Evaluation. 
we give ourselves too much credit. Say we feel about the city strongly, want to tear down walls. We share city hall. We share roads. We stop at traffic lights. We pick our noses at the right moment, spread our toes. Our faces, same anatomical configurations, epiglottis, vocal cords, but oh, the miles, the lexicons in between. We stick to the same reference books the way we stick to driving routes. We walk, we talk the city. As we speak, so is the map drawn. And underneath the living room carpet, considerable things remain. And of course, I think some of you know, maybe some of you may not know, I'm from El Salvador. I came to this country over 30 years ago. And so a lot of the, the spaces I carry within me are those places that I, uh, where I lived in El Salvador, you know, all those years ago when I was 15 when we came to uh, the country, my mom, my dad, my sister, and myself. And we were, there was a civil war in El Salvador, and we essentially were very lucky to have escaped the war. We left in 1981, and the war, we left in January, and, and the war was by then full on, you know, in its, uh, it had developed, it had, the situation had become a war, although it hadn't been labeled that way until the last week of January of 1981, and we left the middle of January of 1981. So, so some of the poems in here reflect that, uh, my lived experience as, as an immigrant in this country, and this is one of those poems titled Farmer's Market. I go early to hear the citrus tales of pomelos and satsumas in, May, in January, discuss the snap with favas in May, have a word with a merchant without saying anything, hold a coin in one bag, hold a coin bag in one hand, and with the other, chat with an unsuspecting tomato. Market speak is the language of being a girl walking with my mother down, lane, down narrow lanes in the mercado, sweat streaming brow, dogs impatient weaving between legs, stealthy robbers articulating sneak, sellers shouting incantations to buy this cure-all remedy and for a bargain, una mano, all the fruit that can fit in the palm of your hand. At every turn, my local farmer's market betrays the one I long for. The mercado I search lives dormant, a tiny seed rhyming festive and mom inside my heart. And uh, so this next poem also addresses this immigrant experience of living in a place where there was a very large um, Mexican, um, and there were Salvadorans too, but the large Latino component was made up of Mexican immigrants. And this, again, is a poem. This is a found poem, so the, the words that you hear here and the, what I'm referring to is actual truth. This, I, I actually went and copied down uh, names and then brought them into the poem. Um, and I like to do that a lot because I feel that the city speaks to us, speaks to us through the billboards that we see. Not all cities carry the same type of signs and billboards and concert announcements, et cetera. And so I pay attention to those because I feel that that's the way that the city is talking back to us. And so this is a found poem. It's titled Epicurean Matters. International and East 14th, Tacos Mi Rancho. 
International and 22nd, Tacos Sinaloa. International and 24th, Tacos Mi Gloria. International Boulevard Asphalt Corrido of Carnitas and Pupusas de Chicharrón, Ice Quotas and Remittance Receipts, International and 54th, Taco Los Amigos, Boa de Carne Asada, Boca de Lengua Frita, Census Projections, Future Vote Tally, and Heart, Corazón de Rábano, Red and Crunchy and Pulsing with the Energy of all of Guadalupe's children who are many, muchos, son muchos, muchos somos. International and 80th, Flor de Jalisco, on each corner, a four-wheel sentinel guarding the memory of home. Stand in line. Home comes wrapped up, calientito, inside a tortilla. International and 90th, Tacos Union. And the warm, the bitter, seeps in. And this poem, actually, I don't know if you guys, we have an election, a presidential election that will take place in... Um, two days <laughs> and at one point there was a, a meme on Twitter about the taco trucks that are coming on every corner and I remember watching this and you could go home and type taco truck on every corner and you will get a whole bunch of information and when I saw this I thought oh, this is really funny this is exactly that poem that you know that I wrote a long time ago so sign of the times um, so this next poem is titled Assiduously. It's about this idea of trying to find home everywhere you go. And it makes me think of Jamaica Kincaid, the, the writer. She lives in a New England, I think is Vermont, yeah. And she tends a beautiful garden. She's become a, a quite a, she actually has a book on gardening. And I remember reading a, an interview with her and and she's talking about her garden, and her beds, her garden beds, are kind of weird shape. You know, they're not rectangular. They have these odd shapes. And she realizes that what she was trying to do with her garden beds was recreate the map of the Caribbean because she's from the Caribbean. So these odd shapes were the islands there. And I, that just so struck me at the time. And I think we all sort of do the same, especially if we come from different places and we've moved from different states, in my case, from a different country. So this poem addresses that, and it's titled Assiduously. From a coffee's cup, sweet bitterness into cold wind swept, knowing that the place you search and yearn for is nowhere, no street names, no city gate, no degrees nor longitudinal measures to speak of. A compass can be useless when you are lost. Nowhere multiplies in your chest ravenous like yeast. It hurts. The exact second, your shadow on the pavement. Sometimes your life is a minute ahead and a few days behind the place you want to be. Sometimes things align and you want to tear a piece of the shadow as you would a piece from a loaf of bread. But this place you search has no replicable terrain, no map. It moves as you move a shapeshifter with a tropic of memory, a tropic of fear, a meridian to decide you can, and an equator to know you choose. I am a, I'm an optimist in the end, I think. I mean, I'm an, dreading the results of this election, but, um, and I'm, te you know, there's some negativity and there are some skepticism, but in, at, at the bottom of things, I think I'm, a, I'm an optimist. And Stitching Hope, this is a very small poem, sort of gets at that. 
Sure, I can write about the city. My body writes its weight into the soft, wet clay, and the page lets me. When people look into my eyes and I into theirs, there, then, something irradiating hope. We see each other, makes me dare the undertow, makes me want to hold on, hold on to heart despite gristle and junk. And I wanted to read a poem. This is a new poem. is not um, in the book, but it's I recently wrote it, and it's about the library because I love libraries. I spend a lot of time. I think all of us in Seattle love libraries, and they play such a huge role in our lives. So this is a library poem, and it's about this library, and it's titled Library Poetics. 3 p.m. on a rainy Saturday afternoon, Poetry beckons on ninth floor stacks, antiquities on the sixth, bird lore on the eighth. In the children's section, eager parents read to less eager toddlers, and other kids, older kids haggle with each other for a computer turn. You'd think the whole city has come out seeking refuge from turbulent skies. But even when the sound sparkles buttery, bright, and red, and periwinkle blooms cascade from flower baskets the length of First Avenue, for some, the building is what beckons, not the books. Like the man in shoes a few sizes too small, shuffling his way to the green carpet on the fourth floor, or the woman in first floor bathroom washing her face, pinning her hair back, three large lumps with handles waiting like haggard dogs at her feet. Silence and muffled stacks, respite to catch a nap, to sew a patch of peace and safety into the asymmetrical quilt of bracing life homeless, with or without a library card. <laughs> Thank you. So I'll read two more poems. Like I said, the book begins and ends with Seattle, and this is the last book. It's titled Seattle's Poem. Seattle is a house perched on the comings and goings of water and wind, ripple of fish, feather of crow, early morning fairy yawn. Seattle, I say, and invoke a man and a place, the two inseparable, not proportional, not parallel, but as language is to poem and salt to sea. I watch bridges, bicyclists, boats, summer blankets tendered on public lawns. I watch fiery sunsets tango and sway above jagged peaks and autumn trees bursting gold up and down hilly streets. Nevertheless, before I postcard and gloss and more sunsets and more trees find their way into my lines, I must confess the house's foundation is in places brittle and many rooms are dark for windows lack. Plenty have I been on the receiving end of rehearsed indifference, heard enough shallow arguments on who belongs here to wake up scooping ocean water with a spoon. We are all here that need to be. The city is concrete and steel, plus the sum of its people. Every day we destroy our house and race to remake it. Those narrow windows block futures view. Mute voices that need to be heard muffle the sound of the falling tree limb heavy with ripe plums. Every day we tread over Chief Sell's legacy, his prophetic words, 
At night, when the streets will be silent and you think them deserted, they will throng with a returning host that once filled them and still love this beautiful land. We are not alone, save for his people. We are all immigrants here. Waiter, teacher, artist, worker, nurse, we belong. All of us belong. Seattle is a house we all need to afford. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll close with this poem titled Así, which in Spanish means like this. This is the city that saw the raw mass of me, the quick and slow of me, the I'm afraid and I can't of me, the it's beyond side side of me. This is the place that showed me I fit, I take space. The city let me, let me be. My hair really is that size side of me. It shaft an electric tendril vibrating its own, humming life, the untamable side of me. See how the world dances above my eyebrows. This continent plus that continent together only va ensemble. Vamos juntos side of me. The city that said, me gustas así. Don't come down anything. Don't taint nothing. Pa que? The leaf that blows away in autumn and returns breaking bark in spring. The leaf, the branch, the trunk, the root, the tree, all of it. I am all of it. Asi, aquí. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast was presented by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation and made possible by your contributions to the Seattle Public Library Foundation. Thanks for listening.